Today on Abbreviated Bios, we're going to look at the Secretary of the Treasury who put the roar in the Roaring Twenties and made a lot of money for himself. His name is Andrew Mellon and my name is Stephen Yoder. Andrew Mellon was born to Thomas and Sarah Mellon on March 24, 1855 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was one of eight children. Thomas was a banker and a real estate speculator. Thomas built his own school to educate his children because he didn't trust the public schools. Thomas insisted that all of his children learn accounting. Andrew attended the Western University of Pennsylvania. He left three months before graduation to start a lumber and building business in Mansfield, Massachusetts. The business became very successful and Andrew joined the family banking business in 1874. Thomas could see that Andrew was a financial genius. In 1882, Thomas transferred ownership of the bank to Andrew. He was only 27. He was to be controlled for the benefit of the family. Andrew was a very reserved man with tremendous self-control. He was very analytical and generally stayed out of the headlines. He learned investment banking from J.P. Morgan. He saw a growing role for banks in, to supply capital for expanding industries. Somehow he could tell which small businesses could grow into larger ones. When Charles Hall needed capital to start the Aluminum Company of America, Alcoa, Mellon financed him. He became a principal stockholder and a director in 1890. The company became a monopoly for the aluminum industry. Mellon supported Edward Acheson in placing the Carborundum Company on a profitable basis. Carborundum is silicon carbide, the world's first artificially produced mineral. Andrew became a partner and later took over stock control in 1898 with 20% of the stock. Mellon bought the founder's interest in coppers, a producer of carbon compounds and railroad cross ties. The company was moved to Pittsburgh in 1915. Andrew Mellon helped found Gulf Oil in 1901 to break Rockefeller's monopoly. Mellon Bank, Alcoa, Carborundum, Gulf Oil, and Coppers all became Fortune 500 companies and owed their existence to Andrew Mellon. He also partnered with Howard McClintock and Charles Marshall to make a construction company that helped build the Panama Canal, Hellgate Bridge, the George Washington Bridge over the Hudson River, and the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Mellon was at one time director or officer of over 60 corporations. Until he was 45, Andrew Mellon lived with his parents. In 1900, he married Nora Mary McMillan. He had a mansion built in Pittsburgh for them to live in. They had two children, Paul and Ilza. However, it soon became apparent that Andrew's true love was business. Andrew and Nora were divorced in 1912. In 1920, the U.S. was mired in a major depression after the end of World War I. Republican Warren Harding easily won election by promising to bring normalcy back to America. Andrew Mellon, who, was, who had funded the campaign with a million and a half dollars, was chosen to be the Secretary of the Treasury to direct U.S. financial policy. He was 65, one of the richest men in the world, yet most Americans had never heard of him. 
Mellon became the most prominent member of Harding's cabinet and served 11 years through both Coolidge's and Hoover's administrations. He was controversial, and I'll give you both his accomplishments and the criticisms. The country, beyond being in a depression, had a national debt of $24 billion, was hindered by heavy taxation, and had to make financial settlements with the nations the U.S. had loaned money to during the Great War. Andrew developed the Mellon Plan, which became the Revenue Act of 1924. It reduced taxes on wealthy individuals from 65% to 33%. Mellon stated, I have never viewed taxation as a means of rewarding one class of taxpayers or punishing another. The Wartime Excess Profits Act was repealed, but the corporate tax was increased from 10 to 12.5%. He opposed the veterans' bonus legislation and helped write Harding's veto statement because Congress provided no revenue to pay for it. By 1927, the budget had decreased from $6.5 billion under Wilson to $3.5 billion. A childless man making $4,000 per year would pay $120 in 1918, but only $5.63 in 1928. These policies fueled the great innovation and prosperity of the Roaring Twenties. As the country lurched toward a depression under Hoover uh, and his change of economic policies, Mellon helped secure $1.3 billion in bonds for the National Credit Corporation, which didn't help the situation. He arranged to have our allies in World War I pay back their loans over 62 years, which could only be paid if Germany paid them their reparations. Mellon arranged to give loans to Germany, who paid their reparations to the Allies, who made payments to the U.S. Mellon took an active interest in beautifying uh, Pennsylvania Avenue and the Mall. Mellon was in charge of procuring land and erecting buildings from 1921 to 1930 to renovate the area, so that it looks pretty much like it does now. On the other hand, Andrew Mellon did things as Secretary of the Treasury that would have put him in prison if he had done it today. There was an old law which prohibited the Secretary of the Treasury from participating in commerce or seagoing vessels. Mellon continued in all his business ventures in his office. As boss of the IRS, he gave his own companies tax refunds. He had the IRS audit a senator he feuded with and leaked info to the press. He blocked antitrust actions against his company, Alcoa. He owned a distillery while enforcing prohibition. He illegally traded with the Soviet Union. While controlling Alcoa, he had a magazine printed by the Treasury Department extolling the virtues of using aluminum. Representative Wright Patman launched an investigation into these items in January of 1932. As the investigation began to show that they might be true, Mellon resigned in February 4, 1932. Hoover appointed him as ambassador to Great Britain. Patman called it a presidential pardon. Patman stated that as Mellon goes to England with his bag of gold that has been wrenched from his innocent victims in America, our people may enjoy a sigh of relief and turn their thoughts to rebuilding our nation for the benefit of the plain people. But his plans extended the Depression. When Mellon was in college, he took a trip with Henry Clay Frick and became interested in art collecting. 
He collected an amazing number of paintings and sculptures of the old masters over the years. As his government service came to an end and he re-entered banking, Mellon pondered what to do with his art collection. In 1937, Mellon decided to donate all of his art collection to the newly funded National Gallery of Art. He gave 126 paintings by artists such as Rembrandt, Raphael, Vermeer, El Greco, and more. Andrew paid to construct the building to house them and gave $5 million as an endowment. He demanded that the building not be named after him. Andrew Mellon died on August 26, 1937 from bronchial pneumonia at his daughter's home in Southampton, Long Island. He was buried in Pittsburgh. Andrew Mellon is considered the second most important secretary of the treasury after Hamilton. He helped bring about the financial policies that led to the great roaring 20s economy, although he benefited himself greatly. He also donated much of the art in the National Gallery of Art. It's great. Visit it if you can. Thank you for listening to Abbreviated Bios.